You know, here's the thing, the, kind of the conclusion I've arrived at, is when we think about decorations at Christmas, how we decorate at Christmas. Now, and I'll make this more clear as we move on this morning, but how we decorate at Christmas with our personal lives may be one of the most important decisions we make in our lives, uh, and, and that will become more clear, I hope, as we go along. And I know as, as I talk about uh, decorations, you're thinking about um, greenery and lights and figurines and and that's okay. That's all right. I mean, those kinds of things have become a traditional part of our Christmas celebration, and they're all right, as long as we keep that in perspective. When I first went to Pflugerville as pastor there at Pflugerville, one of the first men I met was Charlie Kunkel. Charlie was uh, a little bit older than me, but we really hit it off well. We became, we became good friends. Charlie was a retired Secret Service agent. In his younger years, he had been on the detail that had guarded uh, JFK. He was on TDY on the day of the assassination, but he always regretted not being there uh, to help protect the president. But uh, Charlie, a good friend, uh, amazing condition, stayed in great shape all of his years. He, he looked like and really kind of acted a little bit like Clint Eastwood. And I told Linda uh, he may have been the inspiration for the movie in the Line of Fire, if you've ever seen that, starring uh, Clint Eastwood, but an, an amazing man. Um, he died of a sudden heart attack, and Linda and I kind of stood beside and uh, worked, walked through that difficulty with his wife, Joan. We became very close to Joan Kunkel, and she was very appreciative to us, and we all became very good friends. And she began a tradition that following Christmas that she has upheld all these years until she moved just a couple years ago. And that was in December, as the month of December began, she would knock on our door and she would bring to us an ornament that was the White House official edition of the Christmas ornament. And, and have you ever seen these things? They're just beautiful. They're well-crafted. Each one of them is a work of art. Uh, it might be a silhouette of President Lincoln. It might be a carriage, well-crafted, very beautiful ornaments. Uh, very expensive, and, and because they were brought to us by Joan, very meaningful to us, and she kept it up, like I said, until just a couple of years ago. Linda and I bought a, a special little Christmas tree. It's a little over two foot tall. We set up in our living room, and we put all those ornaments on that Christmas tree, 25 of them, 25 of those ornaments, and I know you all have Christmas decorations that are special and meaningful to you as we do. And again, Christmas decorations are just fine as long as we keep them in proper perspective. I want us to open our Bibles this morning to that familiar story in Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bible open, open it with me this morning to Luke chapter 2. We're going to return to this in the following Sundays. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each in his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, 
The time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough because there was no room for them at the inn. We're going to stop there and pick up next week. How we decorate for Christmas this year may just be the most important decision in our lives, thinking about decorations. I've done a lot of research here. Let's begin by looking at today's Christmas decorations. Where did today's Christmas decorations begin? You have them all over your house, or you will very soon. The custom of decorating homes and churches for Christmas, as we know it today, can be traced back to the Romans. Romans believed it was good luck to celebrate the coming of the new year, not Christmas, but the new year by exchanging evergreen tree branches. The English adopted that custom, but modified, modified the practice for Christmas. An old English rhyme says, Holly and Ivy, Box and Bay, put in the church on Christmas Day. That comes from England. The Germans were probably the first ones to decorate trees for Christmas. They used stars, angels, toys, nuts, and candies, all wrapped in bright papers. The German reformer Martin Luther was the first one to use candles on a Christmas tree. According to a popular story, Martin Luther put lights on his tree to represent the stars above Bethlehem on the night that Christ was born. And as far as we can tell, early Americans were the first ones to use candy canes and homemade ornaments for decorations. We were also the first ones to drape our Christmas trees with strings of popcorn and uh, all that berries and all those kinds of uh, colorful assortments. The custom of burning a Yule log on Christmas Eve came from the Norse. They burned a huge oak log once a year to honor Thor, the god of thunder. After the Norse embraced Christianity, they made a Yule log an important part of their Christmas celebrations. In Lithuania, the word for Christmas actually means log evening. No one really knows where the custom for hanging mistletoe in the doorway and kissing the one who was caught standing underneath it comes from. Lots of people claim that it came from their heritage. We really can't verify it one way or another. Everyone agrees on one thing. It was probably, the tradition was probably started by teenage boys trying to steal kisses from teenage girls. But Christmas decorations have great and rich history. The most historical Christmas decoration, the most foundational, the most central, and the most important of today's Christmas decorations is the nativity scene. It's remained completely unchanged for 2,000 years. Has not been altered by any culture. If you can only afford one Christmas decoration for your home, it should be a nativity scene. If you can only want, afford one place of honor in your home for one decoration this year, you should receive you should reserve that place of honor for 
nativity scene. If you're only going to tell one story to your children or to your grandchildren this Christmas Eve, you should reserve that special telling for the telling of the nativity scene. The nativity scene is the most central of all the Christmas decorations. That leads us to this next thing. The original Christmas decorations. Look at verse 6 with me. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough because there was no room for them at the inn. Now, there's a whole lot compressed into just that one little description. And stories have been told and plays have been uh, broadcast and put on all from just that one little, that one little description. Alice Gray wrote in her little book entitled Christmas Stories for the Heart. She wrote this. Let me just read it. Wally Perling was a big, clumsy boy who struggled mentally. At age nine, he was in the second grade rather than the fourth. Fortunately, Wally was well-liked by his classmates. He had a big, tender heart that always defended the underdogs, even though he didn't realize that's exactly what he was an underdog. When the Christmas pageant rolled around, Wally desperately wanted to be a shepherd with the staff, but instead Miss Lombard used his impressing size to make him the stern innkeeper. Wally was elated about his role and was completely mesmerized by the whole play. When the moment arrived for Wally to say his lines, he took his position behind the set door the student playing the part of Joseph knocked. Wally threw open the door and demanded, What do you want? As little Joseph recited the familiar lines, Wally stood stiff, staring straight ahead. He forcefully told Joseph the inn was full. As the two children playing Mary and Joseph dropped their heads according to plans and turned to walk away, Wally was supposed to slam the door, but he watched them instead. Suddenly, his countenance changed from the stern innkeeper to a compassionate young boy. And then, as only Wally could, he yelled out to the sad couple, You can have my room. Well, this innkeeper may not have been as compassionate as Wally, but there's no reason to believe that he was harsh or cruel or stern or rude either. There was simply no room for them. The inn was full. Everybody was returning to Bethlehem to register. Justin Martyr, second century apologist, tells how the animals were probably kept in a shallow cave behind the inn. And Joseph had no choice but to make Mary just a round, shallow place there, a, a carved out place, perhaps in that little cave for his little fiancé during her difficulty. So as we begin decorating our homes this year, let's stop for a moment and imagine what the decorations might have been like for Mary and Joseph and Jesus 
not nearly as colorful and as bright and as exciting as our decorations. First of all, the animals had to stay. As smelly as they were, they had to stay. So Joseph probably just tied them up over to one side of their little quarters there, made a makeshift nook on the other side of the quarters for Mary. It was probably uncomfortable and cold and damp from the evening dew. How many of you are raised on a farm? Can you imagine being in a stall on your farm <laughs> on a cold, damp evening like this one? The straw would have been filled with bugs and spiders. It would have been an unpleasant odor, a mixture of mildew and mice and manure and urine. Even by their standards, it was a lowly and humble setting. So you see, all the trappings and decorations in our home are nice. They're traditional. They're cozy. But they are nothing like the original decorations. Now, finally, let's think about real decorations for Christmas, for real Christmas decorations. You might be asking, what do I mean by real Christmas decorations? Well, I begin by telling you that how we decorate this year for Christmas may be the most important decisions we make in our lives. Our real decorations. Here's how one man <clears throat> described his awakening to real Christmas decorations. James Johnson emailed Reader's Digest with this story about his most memorable Christmas. Listen to this. He writes, I had my first full-time job away from home. It was December the 24th, but it didn't seem like Christmas Eve at all. I was a stranger in town. I'd worked into the evening, and I was returning for a quick dinner. I remembered that a co-worker had told me that his church was having a live nativity scene. He suggested that I drive by. I found the church and got out of the car. There were people dressed as Joseph and Mary standing at a manger scene. There were shepherds near. A little donkey was doing his best to stand still. I'd been there for just a minute when my friend saw me and came running over. He had a problem. Only two of his wise men had shown up. So a few moments later, I found myself in front of the lights wearing a flowing gown and holding a box. I'm not sure whether I was bringing gold or frankincense or myrrh, but I played the role as best I could. I stood in place for an hour trying not to shiver. The entire time I held my gaze on the manger scene, I forgot about the presents. I still had to wrap. Not once did I think of Santa Claus. 
I stood in the cold under a starry night with Joseph, Mary, and the infant Jesus. The baby in our manger was only a doll, but he became very real that night. For an hour on Christmas Eve, I was a wise man, and then I was, and I was there for Jesus. For Jesus. For Jesus. It's important to remember that Christmas isn't about us at all. It's not about Jesus decorating our Christmas, no matter what the decoration may be. Jesus is Christmas season. All the attention belongs on him, not on us at all. If we're going to play any meaningful role in Christmas at all, then we are the real Christmas decorations, existing only for him, celebrating only for him, decorating only for him. Decorating with what? Decorating with our lives. We are to reflect everything over onto Jesus. We are to dedicate our lives to decorating Jesus. We are to make Jesus appealing to the world at Christmas. We're to make Jesus beautiful for the world at Christmas. Our lives are to be lived magnifying Jesus at Christmas. That's the real decoration. And whether or not we do that at Christmas, whether or not we make our lives a de decoration for Him at Christmas, is the most important decision, one of the most important decisions we'll ever make. I came across this. I was not ready for Christmas. Its meaning was lost on me. No matter how hard I labored, its glory I could not see. But then I remembered Jesus and all he's done for me. I gave myself to live for him. Now the glory of Christmas I see. We talk about it. We've sung about it. We've visited about it. We need to revisit this. My life, your life, during this month, as we build up the 25th, ought to be, again, ought to be about magnifying Jesus. Can we do that? Will we do that? Because that is the real decoration. 